0: Hello and welcome to the Arsenal Bite Size Podcast. This is the Nottingham Forest preview ahead of Sunday's game at the Emirates, our last home league game. So definitely some stuff to preview and discuss. Is uh, it? Yeah, it's our last home league game. Um, we do have oh, the cup shit, games yeah. at home, but that's it. This is it for the league. We got to realise. Yeah, we want a big send off, hopefully. So, oh, I might need to
1: make a day out of it on Sunday. Then I didn't even put two and two together. I forgot. Yeah, it's Chelsea yeah. And the Wolves, isn't it? And
0: it's two PM, isn't it? I think so it's the early kick off. Yeah. So. We'll both be there if anyone is listening. Is there, let us know. We'll try to grab a drink after the game somewhere. Yeah,
1: I know Glenn mentioned it um, a couple of weeks ago. Um, and yeah, if anyone else is listening and gonna be there, damn, yeah, that's upset me. I didn't realize it's the last home league game.
0: Yeah, I think we need a big uh turnaround <laughs> oh, in our form to make sure that we go out with a bang into the world cup period. So, um Obviously, before we, we get into night, Sunday, yeah. should
1: we, yeah, do we just attack the elephant in the room or,
0: yeah, I think we we'll, won't. We'll, we'll nothing against like elephants, I still, do love yeah.
1: elephants, like nothing against attacking them, but yeah,
0: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think, um, last night was a well deserved win by PSV. Uh, PSV. Um, they they outplayed us from the start, I think. Um, I'm surprised they didn't score more, to be honest with you. They they, they could have had they not been offside about three times. Um,
1: <laughs> I don't know. I'd... Like it's offside's offside, right? Like I I think they deserve to win. I do think it's being overblown how much we supposedly had our pants pulled down personally. Um yeah, I don't know. Like the offside goals are, in my opinion, good defending. Like you
0: consciously the high line, play Yeah,
1: yeah like you, you execute a high line and it's done well. I think you should be applauded, not kind of said being told we're lucky for that personally. Um but like don't disagree on um yeah, we would deservedly be. I just think for me personally, I think when we've spoken quite a lot, when you've you're rotating half of a team, it's so hard to find rhythm. And the quality of the performances are never gonna be what we're used to in like what we saw in the first few Premier League games. And for me, I thought tactically things were okay. I just thought we didn't quite similar to the Southampton game where i spoke about the urgency to get into the right zones to then execute the correct passes i thought we didn't quite ec- the execution wasn't there for me yesterday um i thought we created a few like half chances but i can't remember like glaringly big chances that we created um and for me that was more the concern um but i don't think the flip side right so i guess should we just talk about like general narratives right now it's yeah, yeah of course. H- how are you feeling as a fan at the moment like, to be honest I'm, the last couple of weeks yeah
0: to be honest i'm glad that happened in a weird way because i want to see things like this happen earlier in the season i think i've talked about on previous episodes about learning from this um i did tune into like a twitter spaces from latte firm at the end of the game and there was a lot of kind of was this
1: yesterday?
0: Or... Yeah, just straight after. And to be fair, like most people who tuned in like a radio in to give their thoughts, they were quite composed and even. Um, okay. Some of them had this theory that at the end of the game when we were 2-0 down and Arteta was subbing on all the starters in Jesus and Gabriel and um, Partey, that they felt maybe it was a bit of desperation or maybe he was actually subbing them on so that when it came to full time, they would have been part of that squad that got beat. So he can then lay into them as well for also not turning it around. So I think that's maybe a bit extreme. I don't think he subbed on um, those players for that reason. I think people underestimate like PSV. So from my perspective, yeah, they're a champions level club. Like they are a genuinely good team. The um, young, he changed the game when he came. He, he He's honestly a great striker. Um That's my I, I, so... My
1: analysis is probably a bit skewed because I actually missed the last half hour of mm-hmm. our game because um, I went to the women's game. So,
0: oh, yeah, you were yeah, the match, nice.
1: Yeah, but um, yeah, so yeah, De Jong, I only saw for like twenty minutes. So, did he terrorize us for the last half hour as well? Or? He,
0: he looked great. Yeah, I think the right. game changed even more out of our reach once he came on. Um, the thing is, I guess from my perspective, right, um, you could argue that the time we should be thinking about is halftime. So we obviously went in at nil-nil. It was a lot more difficult than before. we thought. We wanted to kind of win to secure the top of the group there and then. But what's interesting is we as fans were all thinking, yeah, we need to like win this so we can rotate and play like the we under 12s next week. Yeah. So they were saying, but they wanted us to play the oh, under right. 12s next week. So they were saying, like, let's get the point and then we don't need to play anyone against Zurich at home. But they asked Arteta, like, you know, does this change anything? And he was like, no. Like I was always going to go and try to win that game next week. And I was always going to basically like play as strong a team as we can. So really, I think we as fans, the fact that I don't fully believe it, personally, I don't know. I'm not sure we would rate rotate as much as we think, but we don't really have the options. So something that I feel has come to light, and I think we discussed this last time, is that we can see that in the league as well against Southampton, like we were saying like, you know, we wanted subs to come on sooner, maybe like Jesus left on a bit too long, stuff like that. And I do think it's because the drop-off between our first eleven and, like, the, the rotation we have available for them, like the party to Lukonga drop-off, the Jesus to Enquetia drop-off, like, you know, Marquinhos from Saka drop-off. Like, they're not like for like. Like, even Holding, he has done bits, but I don't think he was great yesterday. Um, Prior to that, he was okay. But again, like, the drop-off from him and Saliba or Gabriel, I'm like, you know yeah. what? Like, nine games in October was always going to be tough. Like, we were going to hit a roadblock at some point. He seems to believe that, okay, we've got through this period now. It was an intense period. We, we've had our first loss in 10 games. You know, we've only lost to Man United before this, this season since August. So yeah, we're in a very unique position, like to be here and we've lost two games. And my, my thought was, if there was a game we could afford to lose in October, it was last night. This was it's a game a- where we lose and we're still top of that group.
1: Yeah. So obviously in isolation It is very annoying because we needed a point to kind of wrap up the group and what I was saying on like I don't fully believe in wasn't I'll oh, go play the bloody kids it was more for me the difference in next week being able to rest Martinelli and Saka and whacking Nelson and Marquinhos like you can do that and that should be good enough to beat Zurich at home personally and like again yeah it's nothing to do with go and get kids from the academy it's like feeling comfortable with the front line of Nketiah Nelson Marquinhos feeling comfortable with holding in there. I think Cedric would have come in for his first appearance had we won. So it wasn't a case of going and chucking everyone willy nilly. I think it's just going even further down the pecking order amongst the first team squad, personally. That's how I was looking at it. But to your point, I absolutely agree. I think if you look at when the group was drawn and everything, this would be the one. So at home, we've always said, like, we feel like we can beat anyone, right? But PSV away, it's not a bloody easy game at all and i think i i was guilty of being complacent last night i kind of rocked up to the pub thinking oh no dramas we'll get a point here um like i I was guilty of it i'll put my hands up but absolutely like it's something that when the draw was done that was one that we all thought okay that's the potential banana skin in the group so if you think of it that way no dramas but obviously it is natural to be annoyed when you're so close you just need a point it can potentially open up some breathing room whether he would have done it or not that's
0: I think my view is that we win that Zurich home game and that PSV game becomes a footnote us. in history right Yeah so I'm still more concerned about that loss to Southampton considering they really didn't create much apart from the goal uh, it's so, not like Leeds where they were dominating and we we got the win um Yeah exactly so I think that's I what think... I'm thinking like it's not that big a deal but I guess what I would say is at half time and it was nil nil I do wonder if some more pragmatism could have been done because like I've, I've seen Josh is saying like since Arteta came like He's been consistent saying he wants to win every single game. Um, so I agree with that. My, my thinking is, when we realized that they were a real force to contend with at home, and it was nil-nil at halftime, we're like holding on for dear life, and we knew we just needed a point. Could the players like not have taken some responsibility there as well, and like just you know, buckled down and like thought, you know what, let's just not take any chances. Let's be as secure as we can. Like these guys are a threat let's just be serious next half and that's where the whole kind of like fatigue conversation has been coming in over the last few games because it's almost like this result was coming like Mm. we've been i think we've scored one goal in the last four or five games obviously none yesterday So, so you know we've gone from a team at the start of the season that was scoring you know I think we flowing, yeah, yeah. Like we scored three plus goals in six of our nine Premier League games at the start of yeah. the season, and, and after now that four Liverpool or five game, games. It was yeah, Odo, Lee, Southampton. Over. Yeah,
1: that's interesting. But one thing I think which is also important is look at the others around us, right? So I, I was annoyed at the Southampton game, and I think I was probably a bit easily dismissive of fatigue. In hindsight, yeah, I was wrong on that. Like it, f- for me, the fatigue discussion was. The way we started, fatigue is something I feel that people only go to when you're losing or dropping points, right? Like Mm. when teams play fatigued and they win, but no one talks about it. (laughs) But it's noticeable (laughs) naturally when the results don't show. And we always talk about how people's opinions naturally are derived from output rather than the kind of underlying performances. That first half hour at Southampton, no one thought we were fatigued. Absolutely no one. We played. Brilliantly. Yeah,
0: no, we thought we'd be two, three goals up. Yeah. We thought there was no and chance. I think yeah, their that's... own fans were singing. About it's only one nil. How shit <laughs> must
1: you be? Yeah, and yeah. like that's the thing. And that game, I think I said on the last pod, we were playing in like if there's a gear stick and there's five gears to go up. We were playing at the two. All we needed to win that game was go up one more to three. That's it. And that's how you manage fatigue. Like when you're playing yourself, like if you've got the ball football is the easiest game you let the opposition do the work right you control the tempo you control the opposition's movement you control their structure everything you do that's why possession based football nine times out of ten if it's done effectively it wins and so for me but going back to the point i think when you're constantly changing four or five players to the team the rhythm gets disrupted i think there's a sense of i don't know like we we just need to be a bit rational about things I think and like Arsenal Twitter for me last night was just an absolute cesspit and so overblown and I think when you look at October like what was it did you say like nine Nine games games, like that when you're constantly chopping and changing the rhythm of the team I think it's natural to expect a slight dip off but for me the Southampton thing that annoyed me was it was a conscious effort to take the foot off the gas rather than a fatigue thing personally Mm -hmm. last night we were up against a good team in their fortress like that's okay i just think analyze this period as what it's been it's been relentless and look at the opposition teams i think city have won one game in all comps in four like i saw a stat earlier on twitter um sorry not a stat just a tweet and it was like looking at the top five teams across all of the european leagues no one's really doing that much better than us. Everyone is dropping points and struggling with this run. So I think it is, it's, I think so it's okay a, a
0: period as well, right? So the way I was looking at it is this team obviously didn't have European ties last year. I know we've added some depth, but it's the first time they're experiencing this kind of free games a week turnaround of Thursday night, Sunday, and then back on Thursday. Um, yeah. So this, again, is a big part of us growing up and maturing as a squad. I, so that's why I was kind of saying I'm I'm almost pleased that like this has come now and not later because come into the post world cup period these midweeks are going to come thick and fast if we're getting yeah. further into these rounds and we're going to have to juggle this yet again and hopefully we've learned from it this time but um what what's interesting but, is like obviously we were deservedly beat as we say but when i looked at the match stats for last night this is just the final thing i want to add on it before we go to forest that's is, what i mean Look, it was actually was really reading these good. out yeah. Yeah, yeah so we were like 70 percent possession 15 shots um, they had eight shots you know, we only had three shots on target. They had five. We had six shots off target, six blocked shots. Um, we didn't block any of their shots. We had six corners. It's almost like there was small periods where, as you say, I think we did okay to, like, control the game, but we just could not create. And, and, yeah. uh, and, and that's, that's where what I wonder, mean. It was the was efficiency fatigue. and the
1: effectiveness in zones. Like, that was it. That The structure was there. We got into the right areas. It was just the actual execution that was lacking. And Unfortunately, we got killed, and uh, I'm having a mind blank right now. I can't actually remember one of the goals, but obviously the second one was a Ramsdale mistake. Um, yeah, and he
0: came out and obviously said like as much like I made a mistake. So he ended was up the first that...
1: goal again. I'm having a complete mind blank.
0: We, I've tried to basically like wipe it all uh, from my memory. memory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, like I, it, I did, I did what I was trying,
1: it. what I was trying to get at with my point though, is it was two clinical moments from them, and like. That's all we were missing there. If if you look at the volume of stuff, like it wasn't too dissimilar. So I just think it's okay to have an off day like we did against Leeds. Southampton, I personally think was complacency and then a bit of mental fatigue. Last night, we were just undone against a team in their own backyard. Like it's not that deep personally. And if you put it in the context of everything else going around, everyone else is in the same boat. And also, I think we've been kind of, fortunate to an extent with injuries so far but the likes of Smith-Rowe and Elneny would be so key in this Europa League like you talked about the drop off from Party to Lokonga as you know like Lokonga is dividing opinions I think he's got the potential but he's quite clearly lacking in defensive areas I don't think the plan was for him to be playing this lone six role this season like as we've talked about before with the attempt to get Douglas Louise, where we saw Lukonga coming on as subs. Because he's not take... going to
0: be starting with, say, Xhaka and Partey there. And we're in for, like, Danilo or another CM, like, yeah, so coming I into just January. That... So Imagine I, I honestly it... think he needs to maybe go to, like, the championship, where it's quite physical. And the just spend a year. On... Yeah, and just spend the year no, playing football on he's online. much better than that. He's, he's got to play football. Yeah, he's yeah, not, not in the championship. I, I think he's like, I think Arteta could cut him out due to attitude. The way I see it is that Vincent company told Arteta, He's gonna be world class one day, you should take him, trust me. And from what I've gathered, he was more of an Edu signing than an Arteta one. And we, we've yeah. seen what happened with the other Edu signings, and most of them aren't in the squad anymore. Um, I, I think, don't know, you could see I just, see he's I just got got think he's got ability. the potential, but look at Gundozi, he had the bloody potential, and yeah, yeah, the attitude not was wrong. So I feel good. like Having seen very small bits of him, it's maybe unfair to him, but, you know, in All or Nothing, he was talking about, like, why he wasn't starting, and he, yeah. he expects to he be starting. definitely started. comes across as a bit entitled to me. And, but... and he put out interviews just before this shock couple games from him where he was saying, you know, like, he doesn't understand why he doesn't start for Belgium, why he doesn't start for Arsenal, all this stuff. Um, yeah, Um You can't be going out and giving media interviews like that if when you do play... You can't hack it. Like yeah. that, that's my, no, my view. So, my point was more. I'm like, not going to write him off, though.
1: No. Yeah. No. My point was more like not on Lekonga specifically, just how much I think El Nenny and Smithrow would have helped manage the load a bit better. And I think we would all be having very different discussions on Lekonga if he was playing that left eight role right now.
0: Yeah. I and I think, I think it's a combination of factors.
1: I think it's definitely a combination of factors. I don't like the noises I've heard from him in the press and stuff, but. I think footballing wise, it is a different ball game playing that left eight to the lone six. And uh, well, it took
0: Partey yeah. eighteen months to do that, and he came in as supposedly at the time a top yeah. five world class CM. But so I guess just to kind of summarize my kind of how
1: I'm feeling at the moment, because like there's no right or wrong on how people feel or perceive or analyze everything at the moment, right? Like football's so subjective. But for me personally, I just look at like we have had a great start to the season. We have got a it's not a small squad, but it's not the largest. Like we don't have the flexibility that we would like. We we felt going into the season we were still a couple short. That's absolutely been highlighted. But we've had a great start to the season. Leeds we like we snatched and grabbed that. Southampton, for me personally, that was on us. In my personal opinion, that was completely on us. Um, And then PSV, I just think shit happens, man. (laughs) Like, that was always going to be a tough game. And I think we all took our eye off that a little bit and got a bit complacent. What's important now is just one game at a time until the World Cup bounce back against Forest, who have been doing decent really, really well recently. Um, So, yeah, that's how I feel. I think it's okay um, how things are at the moment, as long as we just kind of put things to bed on Sunday and just manage it going forward uh, one game at a time.
0: Yeah, so talking of Sunday, just before we preview the games, give a couple of shout outs to the guys who've tuned in live this Friday lunchtime. So good to see Josh here as well, up the Arsenal. Bungle's tuned in as well. Good to see you. Nice to see you catching this live. We've got Ray's tuned in live as well. He's glad to be here live. Good to see you, Ray. Enjoyed your little cameo on uh, the Twitter spaces I was talking about earlier this episode from Latte Firm. Um, and then we also have Robert Ducky has tuned in. So I've starred your questions, guys, and we will get to them um, in the Q&A nice. in about f- 10 minutes. I, I we'll that, yeah, cheers Yeah, cheers I don't think we'll spend that long talking about the preview. These, these episodes are normally 30 minutes or less. So your questions will be answered very quickly. I just want to pull up Ray's comment to add to this kind of um, fatigue conversation and whether it's maybe more mental than physical. So I think there's an interesting point, which is that it's a combination of complacency and poor form for him and not necessarily physical fatigue, it's actually the mental weight of the expectations with that little drop in intensity. So He
1: has summed up exactly how I was thinking. He's just a better wordsmith to me. That's exactly how I feel. I completely agree.
0: Yeah, because I think that's exactly what it is, right? Like, we're at a position now where we are way higher up than we thought we'd be. We're in conversations we didn't think we'd be in. We were targeting top four and we're in these title conversations, let's say title challenger conversations, with the nine games this month. And what's been going on I do wonder if just there was definitely complacency at Southampton that's for sure um and and we've seen complacency creep into some of these games the fact that we're scoring the one goal a game I do think that's coming down more to mental fatigue and I think so the expectation on their shoulders that suddenly we want them to win every week we want them to win with three goals every week um we're expecting a lot from them just based on, like, we've gotten quite carried away, I think, with less that, than a third of the season goal.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I do agree. But I think for me, that's the biggest thing is that the Southampton game, I genuinely think once we went 1 0 up, they thought that they could just manage that game and go out 1 0. And you know what Mike said last week about playing 2 0 football at 1 0. That's what I'd like to just go for one more, get it to 2 0, because we've got the ability to do it. And our te- the fact that our manager is talking about it, like, there's no need to speculate on. They are not doing the details when they go one-nil up, and that for me is a complacency thing. Like, unfortunately, we're seeing it with Saliba quite a lot at the moment. Like, the basic passes mm. just aren't there, and structurally, we, we are one of the most we are one of the best teams around structurally. The framework is there for the players to just do their jobs, and that's for me the frustrating thing sometimes. Like, fat- mental fatigue, I completely get expectations, I completely get, but nothing excuses you just doing the basics. And if they do that, we'll be fine. Um, so, yeah, I think, I think that that's
0: what Ramsdale said in his interview. He said, We're going to hit the reset button. And I think Arteta used the same words. Oh, yeah, Arteta, he We're going to hit yeah. the reset button. And he said, We're going to go back to getting our basics right. They're not getting the basics right right now. So, I think they need this reset and they need to come back out strong against Forest and go to that last home league game and, you know, put up a good account of themselves. So, Bungle's question is actually relevant to this next section in the Forest preview. So, we'll take it now rather than at the end, which is. If, you know, Gabriel Maglis is out injured on Sunday, would White stop back into the middle? So we have a couple of predicted lineups here. Um, One option with Gabriel in and one option without. Obviously, we don't know anything about the severity for anyone who didn't catch up with the news. He was seen limping down the tunnel and he had grimace on his face, they say. um, The post-match interview with Arteta, the quotes have come out and he didn't get asked about Gabriel. So we know absolutely nothing. I don't know if you we'll even see what, a picture. I yet. guess
1: everything was about Pablo and Mari, right? Like obviously, well, you know, the, yeah, home. so
0: they asked about, have you heard about Pablo? And he said that Eddie was in touch with Pablo and Mari's relatives. Um, I've heard good news this morning. That on is Twitter. mental, isn't it? That is crazy. got stabbed in a shopping mall for anyone who didn't know, alongside some others. Someone has actually died from that incident. Um, oh, is it? Yeah, so he's now had successful back surgery this morning to help him with the damage to his back. So it, it, it's all a bit crazy when you think about what's happened off. there. So prayers with him and his family, it sounds like, He will make it through, um, unlike the poor person who didn't. So, rest in peace to them. Um, But yeah, so they were asking about that. They also asked him about Xavi Simmons, and he said, I'm not here to talk about players that aren't from Arsenal. So, (laughs) I love Arteta. Um, Cool. So, the lineup on the left of the podcast listeners. So, we've gone with uh, this is the one with Gabriel out. So, we've gone for Ramsden and Gold, Tierney, left back, and then Tommy or White, either at centre back or right back. We feel that both of them could play the left centre-back or the right-back role. So it's kind of a toss-up there. Um, I don't think we'd see Holding come in. Saliba, where he normally plays. Partey, Xhaka, Odegaard in the midfield and Jesus, Saka, Martinelli as the front three. So the only difference is if Gabriel's in, then the kind of the Tommy-Tieni debate continues at left-back, yeah, I think. every and week. <laughs> that's every episode these days. Um, Zinchenko isn't quite back on, I don't think, like the team training yet. He is on the grass, Artista. So... He is getting closer. Um, I, I do wonder when we will see him. I'd like to think we see him I before the tournament. Like,
1: we're proper in the dark, aren't we? Like we're just getting snippets of information. We've not had anything kind of conclusive on him other than yeah, he's on the grass, which
0: Yeah, we like you asked know him if he was long. ruled out yeah. for last weekend's game, um, against Southampton. And he said, Oh no, he's never ruled out. He was almost <laughs> like, he's like, could he be available? He's like, Yeah, he could be available for any of these games. Like, it's just so um, secretive. I like, yeah. he cracks me up. Um, <laughs> he honestly cracks me up. But I think for me, if Gabriel was out, I would love to see personally Tommy Asu at that left centre-back role because I don't think we'll get many opportunities to see what he can do there. Um, Obviously, as Bungle says as well, Tommy does play left centre-back for Japan. Um, yep. He's never done it for us, I don't think. Um, No, I really want to see it as well. I just want to see because he is, as we say, ambipedal, very two-footed. Um, He, he could potentially do a job there. But... um. I am very disappointed because I was expecting huge things from Gabriel against Forrest. Um, they're pretty poor on set pieces. And from an FPL point of view, I was really hoping to get a goal from Gabriel. But, um, Is he in your team? Yeah, I brought him in yeah. and White got the assist last week. And now it looks like Gabriel won't play this week in the juicy I ties. For, I went for <laughs> Benny White, yeah. <laughs> yeah, see, so you, you were smart. I always, uh, when I have money in the bank, I spend on the most expensive player instead of just, you know, maybe saving some money for a rainy day. I, I you think I learned my lesson after the last three seasons. It um, happens to me every
1: time. If Gabriel is fit and in the 11, have you got any strong opinions on Tommy or Tierney this week?
0: Yeah, so I need to look back how many minutes Tierney played yesterday just quickly. I've got very
1: strong opinion on it this week, which is not backed up by any data.
0: <laughs> I'm just having a quick look. So Tierney played uh, 74 minutes. They, Tommy both also played played the same. they both got Oh, they all got subbed to send that message I, to the
1: defenders. <laughs> I think it... I'm going with Tierney
0: this week if Gabriel's fit. And I just
1: think against, so I think Forrest will play like with a low block against us. And the re, so whether people agree with whether Tomiyasu worked or not at left back take it a step back and think why was he included and against leeds and southampton in my opinion it was because of them as pressing teams right that's what we spoke about against liverpool it was because of the diagonals and being two-footed to be able to take on someone like salah who's the opposite foot against someone like forest i think we're going to have a lot more time and space personally uh, maybe not space if they are in a low block, but I, d- I think the need for Tommy at left back is more for that technical security and what he gives. And I don't think we need it as much. And I think Tierney in the 11, like he's, he's doing OK. Um, I just think it's something that Arteta will look to kind of manage um, the minutes around the team and just get something to more of a functional um, working like first phase anyway. Um, that's my personal opinion.
0: Yeah, I think I'd, I've gone for Tierney in my predictions as well of Gabriel's fit. Um, I, I do think we need to just kind of move away from what we've done. I think the, the, the kind of the experiment with Tommy against Salah, that, that worked very well as it did last year against Rafinha at Leeds. Um, but I think against Southampton, obviously they had Wood Prowse and he's a great deliverer of set pieces. There was lots of long throws. And I think I said last week that I did wonder if part of the reason Tommy was there is to deal with the aerial threat and the aerial jewels in that matchup. But this game, like the one thing that does fear me, gives me fear, even though it's at home and Forest haven't been great. They bought like 25 players and they seem to have finally found their starting 11 just before they play us. Um, They'll take a lot of uh, pride in having taken those points from Liverpool. They got four points from uh, Brighton and Liverpool, so... I think it's time we put them back down to reality. I'd like to think we're like that wounded <laughs> animal that, you know, we've learned from last season. The losses don't come in freeze anymore, hopefully. Um, I hope I do, so. And yeah, I really hope so. <laughs> and that, uh,
1: even at home, we are a different team. And like, uh, sorry, I sound like a broken record. I talk about it all the time, but the size of the pitch, the positional play, the way we're able to maximize zones. You can't do that against the likes of Leeds and Southampton to, to, say, to the same level of success as you can at the Emirates. And that's what I think, like even Josh's comment in the chat about definitely using the home game next in the league to get the home support behind. I think that we we do need that. And without being disrespectful, I think we couldn't have asked for a nicer fixture to try and get back on track. And I think on Sunday, people will feel a bit silly come the afternoon. I think things will be fine. I think that first half hour on against southampton no like it's funny how narratives swing so quickly like first half hour was absolutely brilliant i thought and i i've got no doubt we'll start fast on sunday we'll do really well um i think we'll play good football and i think we'll play the positional play to a t like we know we can and even just i just quickly looked at like some stats on forest and i know they're clicking and finding their groove but They're in the bottom three for chances conceded across the left flank, the right flank and the centre. So left flank. So obviously, so they're left flank. So that's like our sacker Odegaard finding space in the right half space. They've conceded 50 chances, and that's the third worst behind Bournemouth and Everton. Through the centre, where we have had a lot of joy this season, obviously the likes of Xhaka, Odegaard, combining with Jesus, Martinelli sometimes going inside. They've conceded 53 chances, second to Tottenham and Brentford. We saw how we exploited Tottenham and Brentford. Um, And then on the right flank, the second worst only to Everton uh, with 46 chances. So I think there is the opportunity for us. Control the first and middle phases, get into the right areas, and we should have joy in the final third on Sunday. I'm not gonna say it's gonna be like four, five, six, nil or anything. I just think it will be more controlled than people are thinking, personally, when you look at the matchups and how tactically we play at home. Um well we play the same everywhere, it's just easier at home because of the size. That's a
0: wider pitch, yeah. So I think um on the note that Bongo says Serge Aurier versus Martinelli potentially. So that's obviously their right flank, um, where they're second worst to only Everton. Let's, we go uh, into yeah this? let's yeah. use that to look at their lineup so this was forest versus liverpool's lineup for the podcast listeners they had dean henson in goal at right back cook mckenna williams at left back Coyote, freuler yates in the midfield and then gibbs-white awoniyi and lingard up top um yeah i think awoniyi was a big signing for them this summer he only scored his third premier league goal so far he's been kind of getting minutes on and off the bench i think they've been struggling to find their right team but it was interesting to see Brendan Johnson not in this lineup and they yeah. went without him. So that that was interesting. Um, he'd obviously missed the penalty as well the week before. I do think we'll see a very similar lineup to this. Um, I am surprised I about Aurier and Williams both playing when they're both technically a right back. So I did think like William, uh, Aurier was going to replace Williams, but it seems that both have survived and they've both started the last two games together. Yeah. So that'll be interesting to monitor and see keep going forwards, especially for anyone who owns Neko Williams and FPL. But um, yeah, so they obviously won one nil. I think they could have scored more. Um, Klopp was asked about, it, and he though, was, right? yeah, that's the thing. Liverpool could have as well. Like Van Dijk himself would have scored two three potentially in that game. I don't know how he didn't score. So again, it was one of those fixtures where it's just it's unfortunate for Liverpool. I don't think they've actually won in away game yet this season in the Prem. So it, it is tough. For us, fortunately, we're at home, so I think it's a different level. Like it's not a newly promoted team coming back to the prem after all this time, and all their fans going mental. Um, we have a bit of chance to support the lads and give them that energy. That from the last home games I went to, so uh, I think it was Liverpool in the league and Tottenham. I have honestly never seen the home support so loud. Like I think we said, every time we conceded, there'd be like a moment of shock, and a few yeah, seconds and then later, the back, noise on, would yeah. rise again. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm actually quite excited to go back again this week. Um, I'm also going to go to the Zurich game, which now sounds like it's going to be quite a big one with a very yeah. strong team. Um, I think this week is very important for Arsenal, just as an anecdote. So kind of this game to get ourselves going, score a few goals, get the confidence back into the lads, hopefully can then do the same at home again against Zurich to like build up that confidence, skip two unnecessary games in February against a... Champions League team that's dropped down, which includes the likes of potentially Barcelona, Ajax, Atletico. Um, th- there's some people you do not want to be playing two fixtures uh, Yeah, in it's going to be interesting seeing that draw.
1: Yeah, but yeah, and, let's and, get there first.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So let's get through this week. Um, I think after we get through that Chelsea game, obviously, we then have the cup game against Brighton yep. again at home. I'm sure we'll see a lot of rotation if most of the same team have played on Thursday and Sunday or Saturday, whenever against... Um, Zurich and Chelsea and then the final game will be Wolves away who have been very toothless I think they have like five goals on the season um even though it's at their stadium I'd like to think after resting midweek for the cup game will be fine to go out with a bang in the final match so for me really this kind of forest game is absolutely needed as a stepping stone back into confidence get our groove back don't put the foot off the pedal if you go a goal up like go for the kill get those second and third goals um so, I'm very interested to see what the atmosphere would be like. And with a 2 p.m. kickoff, I think um, it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm, I'm hoping think, this festive yeah, yeah, day out.
1: Atmosphere will be absolutely, I was going to say, rocking. I'm not sure it'll be rocking. I think it'll be really good, though. I think everyone will be behind the team. Like, this is the most united the fan base have been in a while. And yeah, we, we're having a little blip, but so is everyone else. Like, no other team is doing better than us necessarily right now with the schedule. So, I agree with everything you're saying. I think. Use this game as a stepping stone to kind of get back to doing the basics, get back into that level of confidence. And kind of when I say ar- like there's a difference between arrogance and complacency, I think get back to that level of arrogance that we were playing with at the start of the season. Do the basics and we should have enough to kill them in the final third in different areas. I think just follow the structure that we have got um, mm-hmm. on the pitch and yeah, we, we will be able to hurt them in a few different areas. I hope so anyway.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, so going to the predictions as we wrap up and take a couple of the questions we've started. So obviously we got the uh, Southampton one wrong. Um, we predicted the draw in the United game. Um, I think we both went the 2-0
1: for Southampton as well. We
0: did, yeah. So neither of us got correct outcome or correct score. So it's all still the same. Um, we both had 10 wins correct. Um, so 10 wins we've predicted. We've got nine correct. One draw we predicted. There's been one draw, but we predicted a draw in United game, not Southampton. And then the one loss, obviously, that we didn't predict was against United in the league. So all in all, all to play for. Third of the season gone and we're still quite tight. I think the only place I edge you is I've had one more predicted score correct than you and that's it. So three versus two is still all to play for. So guys, in the live chat, let us know your predictions for this weekend's game. We will also give our thoughts. Um, I I will go first because, like I said, I made you go first twice in a row so now I'll do my two in a row and then we'll alternate each week because I feel like it was unfair. Um it's a bit bold considering how we've looked lately, but I'm gonna go for a three nil.
1: I've gone for the same again. <laughs> I, <laughs> I think see so. A, I see two I nil fen-
0: from Josh, three nil from Bobby. Anyone else get your score predictions in?
1: Yeah I was on the fence between two and three. Um I think we'll start fast. I really do. I think we'll get a goal like within the first 10 15 minutes, and then get another one like around half time. And then I think the third will just come uh, when we're playing in second gear. And I'm frustrated at that, <laughs> but I think but we'll that's maybe one will
0: um, we'll also concede the first. Uh, probably, the yeah, free okay, one.
1: interesting. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I, I think the goals this week, I really think we're going to get some joy against their left flank, having seen. Like the left flank and center, so like that kind of half space area. Um, oh, yeah, I, I think Xhaka, Odegaard, Martinelli, Saka, they're all going to get into really nice areas on um, Sunday, and hopefully, Jesus gets on the goals as well. Because, yeah, I really want a few Jesus to see narratives swinging yeah. around him at the moment.
0: Yeah, I think he has like the second highest XG um, after Holland in terms of like, and then not having converted. So he's been a bit unfortunate. I think he is getting the chances. He'll be beating himself up about not converting them, I'm sure. Um, but hopefully this will turn things around. Saka, just to add to that. So on net that whole earlier this week, I know we've not got the um, the graphics today, but that right zonal matchup for Saka was fantastic. And not just that in the captaincy metric for FPL that Mariner does, um, Saka came out top first. Is um, it? Yeah. So, and like, obviously Harlem was like literally right there, that like one point below him. Let's say like one was 93, one was 90. Saka's
1: higher than like Salah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The, this week, like all the numbers, the the last six fixtures um, kind of um, form for us from an attacking perspective, even including some of the lackluster games. And then also Forest last six, um, including their better games. It's still all stacked in his favour. I am very excited to see what Saka can do this weekend. Um, If we knew Haaland was out, there is a world in which I would captain him over Salah. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, because obviously I looked at the kind of basic stats in terms of the chances
1: conceded on each flank. And immediately I was thinking, oh, if Saka and Odegaard can link up in that half space and kind of isolate whoever's at left back. How I see some success tomorrow. You remember that Watford away game last year? Uh, last season when Odegaard and Saka just put on a clinic in that half space and right zone and they're completely isolated like Danny Rose and we scored some beautiful ga- uh, goals. I really see and hope something similar on Sunday because the chances are there. Like, yeah, the stats back it up in terms of Forrest's weak spot. I didn't quite realise it would translate to him being such a strong FPL captain candidate, though. That's kind of mad.
0: Yeah, no, it's, it's definitely um, a bit of a interesting week on that perspective, especially if we get news on Haaland because the deadline is just 90 minutes before City kickoff. So maybe we're going to be seeing sure some we'll fake some accounts news. coming out and fake news and it'll be <laughs> interesting to try and keep on top of that tomorrow. So let me take these two questions in the chat and then we'll get out of here. So Robert Huckey asked about Odegaard. Is it his time to shine? So I think he, he's obviously also looked a bit lackluster in the last few games, but who hasn't in the team? Prior to that, I think he was starting to do really well. He, he was kind of taking that captaincy role on, not necessarily vocally, but just in terms of his on-field performances and setting expectations for the rest of the team around him. I, I, I do think that this is the ideal game, just with that kind of right flank weakness we've talked about. This is the game where he needs to come in and provide those kind of killer balls with that vision he has. And hopefully then one of Sakuro Jesus can convert them this time around, Um yeah I think... I think it's that it's it's so
1: our so sorry their left flank so our right and their center zone right that's exactly where odegaard earns his more uh his money and um i agree i think this is the game i'm just not sure he'd be my favored one of three assets for chelsea and wolves away personally i think but... i'd
0: still be going for Xhaka if you didn't want to be on the whole kind of like a Saka martinelli defender or jesus Saka yeah. martinelli if you wanted to just spend 5.1 5.2 mil i think he's a great asset it's just again it's like is he the third best asset maybe not but the price point is very appealing if it works into your structure yeah. so i oh, absolutely I think Zaka.
1: odegaard could do well on sunday yeah definitely yeah i
0: think just from a footballing perspective like he's been a joy to watch and some of the stuff he can pull off it's honestly um a visionary work um that i don't think there's many players that technically gifted in our team so then the question from josh so well, it's not a question, it's more of a comment, I think, just to add to that squad depth. So, obviously, we talked about the fact that we're probably going to need to strengthen in January if we're serious. Um, we probably want a centre mid. We probably want a winger. He says, obviously, Smithro off the bench last season is being massively missed this season. 100%. Um, yeah, so I think you mentioned, obviously, Smithrow and Elneny earlier in terms of, like, had we had them for Europa, it would be very different and the composition of our team would be probably better. I, I definitely think Smithrow is a starting eleven quality player for us, even if Martin Easy. has kept him out. But yep. just in terms of pure quality, like he is a starting eleven quality. There's caliber.
1: no like drop off that you talk about in mm. other positions, is there?
0: Yeah, like they were the only two that were competing for a position last season. The other ten, there was a massive drop off. Yeah. Now, luckily, like there is some versatility. Certain players can play multiple roles, um, so the drop off isn't as bad when they go and cover someone who's out. Obviously, in this scenario, I can't wait for Smithy to be back. I hope like he recovers well from the surgery. Is it's probably coming at a good time. It sounds like the operation he had is actually from a long-standing issue he's had for, like, years. Like, he's been growing. Uh, he's still not finished growing. And I think as part of that, like, they say that young men, when they're growing, like, he, he's basically ended up with, like, a groin injury that's just constantly played him for a few years now. Yeah. So this was, like, a much-needed intervention. It's a short-term
1: hit for, like, long-term gain, right? Like, And he he will be... Abs- if he comes back and his recovery's fine, he will, like... I think as fans, we underestimate the impact of like just injured players coming back. Like I know Arsene Wenger, we used to take the piss out like a new signing, but <laughs> yeah. someone, you nailed it. Like he, uh, Smith Rowe is starting eleven quality. Like Martinelli's the most to keep him out of the eleven, but having him in and around is going to be absolutely huge in the second half of the season. He's like your
0: twelfth man, thirteenth man. Like he's the first one to come on with Enketia. Like they like we were saying, we had like we didn't have game changers to sub on in some of these last few games where we struggled, and he is exactly that. He is a game changer. Um, I don't know if we'll see him at left wing with the kind of rise of Martinelli there. But we've both spoken about how he could do a great job in that Xhaka role potentially at left center mid. Um, you know, just imagine his kind of goal scoring capabilities. Drop arriving in the box late, getting onto the shots from the edge of the box. Like, he
1: gives us so much, yeah. He, yeah, we're we're missing him big time at the moment.
0: Big time. Then just to say this, um, couple of things. So, I think this is again, it's not a question, but I just thought it's worth putting out there. So, um, comment from Robert Ducky about expectations need to be calmed. We are talking about like, the mental fatigue. Um, With the exception of City, every other club has struggled from consistency. Arsenal have been the second most consistent. The others seem below par from last season. So I think when you look at the groups... City have only won one in four as well in all comps. Yeah, so everyone's kind of struggling with this nine games. Um, There's never been the case where all the European ties need to be played before, like, November for a World Cup. Um, This is a unique season. Things are going to look very different. I think everyone's going to deal with it differently. But when you look at all the other teams, um, so, you know, you look at Tottenham... um, They had VAR rule out like a goal that could have topped the group for them. They are top of the group now, but you know, if they lose the next tie produced some sensational content. (laughs) Well, if they lose the next (laughs)
1: tie. Twitter was hilarious.
0: Yeah, so if they lose that next tie next week and in the other match in the group, one of the teams wins, they will also drop down to the Europa. So this is how tight the groups are. Like in Europe, when you look around them, you look at uh, United. They need to win by two goals at least away at Real Sociedad. So again, that's not going to be an easy one for them. They could also be getting into that second place position and having to play a Champions League team when that uh, round of 32 happens that we're hoping to skip by topping our group. So I think you're seeing this problem across the field. Um, It's not unique to us. And if there was a game we wanted to lose this this month, this was the game, as I say, because we're still top of that group. Nothing has massively changed. And we just still need to go and win the next game. Like it just, we didn't do it one week earlier. Yeah, so that's get, pretty much thing.
1: Can I get one thing off my chest? Mm. I will never understand the Arsenal fans in the summer that were like, "No to Rafinha,"
0: because where will he play this? That like, that is wild I, to, to, I to will turn never down get a player that. like that I at will... that level in the Prem who was playing week in, week out like that for Leeds because they Ooh. were worried about the development
1: like we said it at the time right like minutes not starts this season and we're seeing it now right like obviously the smith row injury hasn't helped but fuck me like we we knew we were two players short like how well jack has done we still needed another left eight or six whatever we like, needed we went another six
0: last minute right for douglas because of the injuries yeah. um we didn't get him and in directing our focus on that we also missed out on the winger that we wanted so it's like we know that there's two positions we want. And we have a yeah. huge six weeks during the World Cup where we can be negotiating with agents. We can have people in the World Cup stadiums talking to the agents of the players while they're playing. We're going to have our training camp in Dubai in the hot weather. We've got two friendlies lined up already, as have some other Prem clubs. And if players from our team drop out the World Cup early... They're also going to fly to Dubai to take part in this training. So we're going to make sure the guys who don't go keep playing, play competitive, keep the match fitness up. And then we're going to bring in the rest of the team as they drop out of the tournament.
1: Yeah. And
0: we're going to be able Great. to speak to these agents. This never happens in January, right? January is normally a tough window to get players because
1: yeah.
0: it's in the middle of a season while games are happening. We've got a unique situation to... If, if the Cronkies, like we've seen them before, right? Where they own other clubs and they've seen an opportunity to go and win, they will make that oh, big bro. signing. Yeah. And I just feel like we're so close to that hurdle. But if we're scoring one goal every game for like four games, that's not a championship winning level. City wouldn't do that. But if we want to get into that level, yeah, maybe this is what the Cronkies see. They say, you know what? This team is competing up there. Like Maybe they can't sustain it a whole season, but they're competing. Let's see where we're at. Obviously, the players and jacrov said they want to go into the World Cup top of the league. So if we're there, it would yeah. be foolish. to. My not point was strengthen. just more around, like,
1: I don't think we were ever going to actually get Rafinha, but I admired the kind of attempt. But there was just so many split opinions on whether it was the right decision or not. And, like, if stop thinking of positions and just think of, like, the attack as a group. And you need versatility. Hmm. Like, you need five for three. And, like... I will never get, I, at the time, I was so, like, I'm so, I'd like to think I'm quite an empathetic person and like I'm quite good at understanding other viewpoints. That one, I could never get my head around it. Like, people talking about stunting Saka and Martinelli's growth and this, that, like, you spoke about it earlier, like needing game changers. Like, it is okay for these players to share minutes. They absolutely need to over the course of the season. And we are one light in that area. Um, so, yeah, so that was just a frustration of mine because like we are seeing it loud and clear right now.
0: Yeah, couldn't agree more. So before we get out of here, just to say Bungle's comment as well about Smith-Rowe, just to add to that depth and having game changers off the bench, as you say. So he's saying, just imagine a full-strength and injury-free Smith-Rowe post-World Cup integral to the push for the rest of the season. So yeah, I, I definitely think people are, like, it, it is cliched, but it is like a new signing It in January. Like, yeah. We've not seen the guy once this season. Like, it will be like we've got a new January signing, hopefully, and he's recovered. And yeah, fit. he just had
1: that one Europa appearance, I think,
0: wasn't it? Yeah, and that was it. Um, Cool. So thank you everyone for tuning in on Friday afternoon. Um, May we win on Sunday, hopefully, and get back to winning ways and goal scoring ways. More importantly, if any of you are at the Emirates or around after the game, let us know. We'll meet you guys after for a few drinks. But um, yeah, it's been been a great to catch up with you, Clayton, and look forward to seeing you on Sunday. See you Sunday. Up the Arsenal. Up the Arsenal. Enjoy the rest of your afternoon, everyone. Take care. Cheers, everyone. Bye.